Welcome to the best podcast available, Training Camp Edition. Here are your hosts, Jason Gibbs, Andrew Gribble, and Nick Shook. And we welcome you in to the Dog Bowl in Berea, day number five of 2019 Cleveland Browns training camp. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Nick Shook. He's Andrew Gribble. We've been with you every day of training camp and will be throughout the rest of the 2019 training camp and preseason. Final day of a five-day, very long stretch, gentlemen, uh, that saw uh, probably the hottest day of the week (laughs) of the five days. (laughs) And by far, probably the most contact in terms of a lot of running the football, a lot of offensive line, defensive line, really mixing it up and, and gribble to what you said yesterday. Coaches trying to test these players on that final day before a day off. Yeah, they, it, it was, like you said, a lot of contact. Maybe not the most entertaining or exciting practice because you had a, a couple of your playmakers weren't out there. I think Odell Beckham was was limited from just – it was a, a kind of on the schedule for him to be not doing too much out there. And just the, the types of periods they were running and the types of things they were drilling at, not exactly designed to, to garner uh, a ton of highlights. I mean, hopefully you break off a run or two here and there, but it was a lot of running. Uh, and, and they didn't really end it with much of a competition like they had in the previous practices. It just kind of ended with an incomplete pass, and all of a sudden you were done. But uh, I think you have to look at this as a totality. I think it's been a good first five days. I think everyone, us included, uh, needs a break. And I think we've seen a lot of football. The fans have seen a lot of football. And it, it, now you use this 24 hours and come back fresh on Wednesday. I would agree. I think today, you know, it's funny. We were chatting along the sideline as players were stretching. A lot of us forgot what day it was. Um, you know, it's Monday. I, I have not had any idea what day no. it's been probably yeah. since Friday. I was driving in. I wondered, why is there so much traffic this morning? And, oh, wait, it's the start of a work week. It just, you know, we've been going for days and days and days. But it's been a lot of good football, you know, as Andrew said. And um, today, kind of a little bit of a, a little lackluster performance is what I would call it. It's, it was a little bit lackluster. And, and you could tell these guys were ready for their break, which they'll get tomorrow. And I think it was probably punctuated by that incomplete pass that just ended things. You know, it was just like, all right, you know what? We worked through our everything in our script that we needed to do. Everybody executed to the best of their abilities. Let's finish this practice and and move forward. It was interesting to me. Um, early the earlier periods with a lot of that contact was very run heavy. You were right, but then you got into the later parts, and it was it was cool to kind of see the the coaching staff build off of that. You know, much like a regular game plan. All those run plays early, they built out of that into some play action. You saw some linemen executing some run action blocks behind the line without getting downfield to avoid a penalty, and and they were throwing the ball. They weren't completing passes, a lot of drop passes, but uh, it was interesting to see the progression of play calling within the practice from early periods to the later periods. Willie Wright, I know, got dinged up a little bit and had to come out after the offensive lineman drills. Uh, obviously set the valve uh, gets a little dinged up at the end of practice there in the uh, in the eleven on elevens, and hopefully he's okay. But uh, Jannard Avery not a not a participant today. Duke Johnson, Kareem Hunt still out, um, and yet you know there are guys stepping up. Ratley still out. Guys stepping up and stepping into their places and really not missing a beat. Dontrell Hilliard's really played pretty well here the last couple of days. Yeah, and from what we know, I think the encouraging thing is, at least from what we know, I mean, things could be worse and we just don't know, but 
first five days you're you're relatively healthy yeah. or just guys dealing with some minor stuff. I think that's the that's the good thing. And as Freddie talked about yesterday, it's like this, these are the five days where you worry about someone really pull, uh, having a, a bad soft tissue injury here and there. Denard Avery's one that you want to see back soon. I know he dealt with an injury last time this year uh, during the preseason. Uh, he's someone that I really think does have a role in this team. And I think it's just going to, it's one of those ones where we might learn about his role in games more than we learn about it on the practice field because he's almost someone you can't really pigeonhole at a certain position right now. He's not going to be out there doing what, what Joe Schobert does. He, he's more likely to be doing what Chris Smith does on, on the defensive line. So I'm excited to see him back. And I think for a guy like Ratley, it's got to be tough to watch. I mean, there's a lot of guys playing well at that wide receiver position. Derek Willies especially has been very good. We, Antonio Callaway had a good practice today. Ishmael Hyman's been consistent. We talked about Blake Jackson earlier this week. A lot of players out there. And for Ratley, you, you got to hope for him. He's got to want to get back for at least uh, maybe preseason game one's out of reach, but hopefully he can be, get back by game two. It's tough because of the nature of his injury, too. I mean, he could miss a decent amount of time just because yeah. it's a hamstring injury. And these other guys, you know, like you said, they are taking up the mantle and, and they're playing well in his absence. And, I mean, that's the nature of camp. You know, sometimes things just happen where guys get their opportunities because of an unfortunate set of circumstances and never look back. And then you forget about, you know, that person who may have gotten hurt and opened the door for somebody else. It's just the way that the NFL is. Uh, Kalis was at guard today. Yep. And uh, you mentioned Willie's. Willie's getting some first team reps. And maybe a little surprising, but. No Antonio Callaway with the first team on a day off from Odell Beckham Jr. Now, yesterday he did get some first team reps, which were his first of camp. And that was, you know, a little bit exciting to see or encouraging to see for him. But, you know, despite not being with the first teamers today, he had a good practice. I mean, he had an end around that he took into the end zone for a touchdown. He caught a nice pass on the sideline with Greedy Williams draped all over him. He made some nice catches in between. It was probably one of his more solid practices, if not the most solid practice of the first five so far. Freddie Kitchen said afterward, you know, that he's doing all the right things. And it's just a matter of time. And, and you know, he was even back there catching punts. And he's going to be one of the return guys this year. So Which I'm a huge fan of. Good to see Yeah, that. I like that Freddie confirmed that because that's, that's a progress from last year. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. really wasn't a punt return last year until the end. And when, when you saw him out there, you're like, why hasn't this guy been the punt returner all season? I mean, yeah. he's got the natural ability, uh, but it, it, it does seem like that's something that you want a player like Callaway to be focused on what he should be doing first as wide receiver, and then the, the punt return is almost like a reward there. But I think that makes the team all, all around better if he's your punt returner. I think it's really funny to watch these guys return punts just because it's coming off the jugs or maybe it's coming off the punter's leg and how some are very natural at first fielding the punt and then running. And then some are better at fielding it but not running, whereas some are not good at fielding it. But if they do get the ball, they're good at running. It's just it's funny how you have to combine so many different skills to be good at this. And watching from behind. Yes. As the ball's coming towards you uh, and watching how they react to it. That's a great point. I, yeah. saw, I saw a little bit of that today, and it was – it was interesting to see. There were some bobbles, there were yeah. some fumbles, but there were some good moves and good moments where you go, all right, well, maybe lot, maybe there's something there. Yeah. A lot of movement on the Scottish Hammers ball. A lot, <laughs> a lot of, of movement. It's like it's, a knuckler. Yeah, it's just it's all over the place, and I think it, it, it is interesting, too. Colquitt, obviously, has been incredibly consistent from whenever we see him out there, but for those punt returners, those are two very different balls. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, and and – Colquitt is like a literal knuckleball where there's like no, no, not much movement on it at all. Like it's yeah. just, it, it's almost like someone, it's like it's out of a jugs machine. Whereas 
Gillen's is it, it depends on the flavor. I mean, it could be <laughs> I, yeah. one way one <laughs> yeah. on one punt. It could be another on another. I mean, so that that might be a tough adjustment for some of these return guys. I saw Gillen send one deep. It had a completely different spin than another one that he sent up. It looked like an old timey airplane where it, it had its climb. It's it's it, and then it kind of reached cruising altitude and then slowly began its descent nose down right into the arms of a punt returner. So yeah, it's it's good practice. Biggest takeaway from the first five days of camp. I mean, this is a pretty generic one, but this is clearly Freddie Kitchen's team. I mean, like the the tone has been set. This is there's been training camp is training camp. They all look the same on the surface, but there's been just little twists here and there, and where you see him get really involved, get on guys, and I I think that's something we've seen more than maybe we were expecting because we didn't see him like this during OTAs. You didn't see him like this even in minicamp where now that it's getting physical and now that you're getting toward crunch time with the season six weeks away, the the intensity is ratcheted up and it starts with the way Kitchens has been on the practice field. I mean, he has been up in guys' faces, uh, not tolerating any sort of penalty-type behavior, anything that results in a penalty or anything. It's really the penalties and the just guys doing the wrong things. Those are the two things that bug him more than anything. You don't see guys – I mean, you see some comments here and there when a guy drops a pass, but that gets less attention than it does when a guy is doing the wrong thing out there. This is a vocal staff, and, and trying to avoid a cliche, but I'm going to go with the cliche anyway. Maybe fans will like it. Um, this <laughs> There will be plenty of bark to this dog. I mean, the, 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 these guys, it's not just, you know, fluff. It's not just we're going to be a tough team. We want to be a physical team. They run practice like that. These coaches are loud. They're vocal. Players are chirping at each other. It's very competitive. It's heated. Nobody's really taking a playoff. And even today, their fifth straight practice, it was still competitive even then. You know, you saw Sione Takitaki fill a hole and run over to Ernest Johnson as he was trying to step up and, and pass block. And then you heard Stump Mitchell get after Takitaki immediately after the play. I mean, the, these two sides are really going at and it. And the defense came to Takitaki's yes. aid because yes. Takitaki started barking back. Yep, exactly. And these are two sides that are, are very competitive. It's going to make for a better football team come September. It's interesting with Takitaki being a rookie because obviously he's clearly annoying the offensive players. But it's like once they get a preseason game under their belts and that guy is fully on their team, like that's when you might see them embrace what he's all about a little bit more. Yeah. It's he's a guy you want on your team. And in a training camp situation, offensively, you're going up against him. But now when you play the Redskins uh, next Thursday – then you're going to get to enjoy him from the sidelines. I think the beauty of it is, based on Christian Kirksey's answers today, it only took the defense five practices to love Taki Taki even more than Elliot Wolf loves Taki Taki. Yeah. A violent player, Yeah, Elliot Wolf says, yes. plays violently. What, big takeaway for you? Uh, I think they needed this day off. I think they've worked really hard through these first five days, and it showed a little bit. And, and that might not be the most positive takeaway, but it's not really a negative one either because if you were going into your day off after five straight days of practice and you showed some energy, then maybe you weren't giving it your all in the days prior. I think they've gotten a good amount accomplished. I think the offense is going to use this time in the meeting rooms to work on what it needs to fix. And I also think we are super far away from figuring out right guard. Uh, not the best day from Kyle Kalis. Not the worst, but not the best. And I think we have a long way to go to figure out who's going to start there. And we will hear from Freddie Kitchens on that right guard position battle coming up in our sound bites. That's what happened on the first five days of training camp. A little bit of a reaction, some takeaways, and obviously recapping what happened today, the final day in pads before a well-deserved day off for the players. Right now, 
My good friend and lineman expert, Nick Shook, had a chance to sit down with one of the Browns' newest additions on that line in guard Eric Cush. Big takeaway before we roll the audio. Anybody who uh, watched Hard Knocks and thought Cush was kind of a goofy guy or, or a, a unique personality, it's definitely true. He was not putting on a front there, but... He, he does give you a little bit of uh, enlightenment, but yeah, he's definitely very lighthearted. First few days of camp in the books now. Second day of hitting. How you feeling? Good. You, just, you forget how sore you get, man. They, uh, they're not just like your, not just the large muscles, but like your whole forearms. Like every, every little spot on my forearms are tender just from getting chopped and smacked and hitting and piles and, um, you know, just all the little, all little dings and soreness that you forget about for a while, you know, come back. One through five. How many times a day are you getting cleated in the leg? Ooh, actually, not too bad. My, leg, my shins are pretty good so far, so I'd say it's pretty low. I haven't, I haven't been, been getting cleated yet. Uh, the guys around me have been staying up and not all crazy-legged, I guess. You haven't gotten rolled up on or anything, right? Uh, once, but not too bad. I, you know, I was able to kind of skirt out of the way and dodge a bullet. That's a skill. That's definitely a skill. Um, okay, so what, what attracted you to come to the Browns uh, this offseason as a free agent? Um, you know, John Dorsey was awesome. I like John Dorsey. I was with Dorsey in my past, and I love him. Um, and then being so close to where I grew up, uh, over in Bridgeville, Pennsylvania, um, it's nice to be back home. And, you know, heck, all, all offseason on the OTAs, uh, on the weekends, I got to, after practice, I got to drive home, or after the end of the last practice of the week, I got to drive home, go see my family, you know, my, my mom, dad, my sisters, who I, uh, you know, don't usually get to see too much because I live out in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, is where I, you know, kind of home base is for, for now. Um, so it's real nice just to be able to go home every weekend and see my folks that I haven't, you know, that I don't get to see as much anymore. Yeah, that's good. I can, it can definitely play as a, a positive factor in wanting to sign here. When you signed, where did they say they saw you fitting in? Um, as an offensive lineman, um, you know, they definitely weren't going to see me fitting in as a linebacker. So. You know, they said, hey, we're, we want you to play a line, so. Were you, like, surprised there, you know? Yeah. Oh, really? I, I thought I was going to play running back. Yeah. No, that's uh, – I'm having a lot of fun here. It's a damn good time. We're having a lot of fun. Working very hard. Um, we're going to make something fun happen here. You've been rotating. You've been, you've been playing some center, some second-team right guard, starting at right guard. How has that rotation been on you so far? It's good. It's football, man. That's what I've been doing. Center and guard, center and guard, center and guard. So it's whatever, dude. You know, one day you play guard, one day you play center, you know. Uh, you just square up the stands and snap the ball. Right, exactly. What do you think about your teammates uh, you're playing alongside here? Uh, a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Like I'm having uh, – we're, you know, we're working our butts off. We're doing all the right things. But then we're able to have a few good belly laughs along the way, you know, which is something I uh, thoroughly enjoy this year is having a, good, a few good belly laughs every day to, to, to really uh, – you know, reduce the stress, you know. Remind we're still playing a game, and it's still a lot of fun. When you look at yourself as a lineman, you're, not, you're going to tell me that you're good at, in both of these areas. But if you had to pick one, what are you better in, run blocking or pass blocking? Um, I would say it depends, man. It depends on what types of runs, you could say. Uh, overall, you could say I'm a better pass blocker because that's what the Internet says, apparently. That's what the numbers say, right? That's the numbers yeah, the, say. the PFF numbers, right? Uh, okay. So, you get to pick from one of, I don't know, five, six blocks. You get to pick from a counter, 
a trap, which is much like a counter, uh, a cross block. What's a cross block? You know, where, like, where you're making like a, an X with your tackle, where like your tackle's down, you're kind of pulling out, okay. kicking somebody out. Uh, it's close, like it's like a trap. Same basically, it's just in the opposite direction. Okay. And then you get your ace, your deuce, you know, doubling on a nose or doubling on a three. Which one would you prefer? Ooh. I'd like to be the uncovered guard acing with a center because you get a chance to really just wind up, take a few good steps before you even get to the nose. And, and all the center, the center just kind of stands them up for you. And then as a guard, he, once the center stands them up, you just get the train roll right past them. So that's probably my favorite is a good ace block, is the uncovered guard with an ace block. Where's your target on an ace? Where are you aiming? Oh, I shoot. Uh, I'm just trying to make, uh, unofficially, I'm trying to plow those ribs in. Officially, I'm trying to fit a good fit with the center and make a good block and yada, yada, yada. How good does it feel to get to second level off of that block and really clear a big hole? Uh, it's good. It's fun. But you want to make sure you take care of the down lineman first. Like you got to make the you know, initial movement first. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, sometimes those linebackers, though, they're slippy and they're pretty damn athletic. So you gotta be, you know, you got to... You gotta hit them and uh, kind of hang on a little bit. How many times in your career have you felt like you've been on the tracks and about to run somebody down? And they slip right off. A lot, dude. There's no lineman there. God, you're talking about screens. You're talking, you know, like we're big dudes, and you know, we get out in the open. We everybody runs screens. You get to run screens a lot. You get out in the open. You're like, oh, I'm about to get him. And he, these little guys just kind of dipping. Sometimes you just, you know, it doesn't look that great when you get juked out and you get your ankles broke. But it happens. You know, you get out athleted. So it's all about, you know, taking your right course. Um, and you know, knowing where the back's going to be, so you can best you can be in the right spot when you need to be, and not necessarily just trying to run down and make a block. A lot of fans might know you from your time on Hard Knocks, back with the Rams, and your uh, your your robust tank top collection, and and your love of Fat Arm American Friday. You showed up here this year on a Wednesday in a stringer. So are we moving to Fat Arm American Wednesday? Well, it was just a, it was a great day, beautiful day, beautiful weather out here. I wear tank tops when I can, and it was you know because you, you don't want to get. Like I always said before, I think I said in my past, like if it's hot and sunny like that, and you're wearing a T-shirt, you're just gonna sweat the pits out on the T-shirt anyway. So, you might as well wear a tank top and air it out. You know, stay cool. Um, and you want to look good coming in for the cameras and stuff. So, is there a cutoff for tank top weather? Yeah, you don't. You're not trying to get hypothermia. You know. So, but you. But if you're working out inside, then no. Like you can wear them all year round indoors. But I'm not gonna walk outside in a tank top in the winter. Last question. You're in another cold weather city, and this team and this fan base hopes that you guys are going to be playing a lot of cold weather games. Absolutely. Are you a no sleeves guy? It depends. If I'm playing, I'm no sleeves. If I'm not playing, I'm going to be smart and put sleeves on the sideline so I can be ready to play and warm when I need to be. Um, what I'm playing, no. Uh, you can cheat a little bit and kind of lube up your, you put some uh, kind of Vaseline stuff on there to, so it looks like you don't have sleeves on, but the Vaseline really helps the chill, the wind chill kind of not get your skin i guess what's the psychology behind that oh who knows you just want to look tough and not like a big baby i'm not sure if it works i think the science says you should probably just wear the shirt and stay warm because uh, all the uh, vasoconstriction from being cold can really uh slow down your hands your reaction your timing so maybe i'll wear the shirt <laughs> you don't want to lose your limbs that way yeah. definitely not all right eric thanks always looking tough never looking like a baby <laughs> Great job, and we appreciate Eric Cush's time. Uh, a guy that is definitely in the mix at the right guard spot, a spot that is definitely not 
decided by any stretch. Here's what Freddie Kitchens had to say when he was asked today where the right guard battle stood and if there was a leader. No, there's not. Do you wish one was or are you okay with? Yeah, I wish one was, but I want them all three to compete. Um, they've all had some good plays, they've all had some bad plays, but under no circumstances are we, uh, you know, are we ready to name a starting guard if that's what you guys are asking. Freddie not mixing any words. There's been some good moments. There have been there have been bad moments, and uh, no one with the lead here five days into camp. Uh, when I when he when I heard him say this today, I, I was really happy because that's exactly how I feel. You know, the other day I think it was two days ago I had said if we had to pick a starter it would be Eric Cush. Corbett had a solid day yesterday, but he still hasn't really blown me away. It's hard to blow somebody away in training camp, but watching Joel Batonio and J.C. Treader work together blows me away almost every day. Corbett's getting into that realm, but not quite there yet. Kyle Kalis did not have that kind of day today. I just I feel like the clarity is still lacking. I think we are at least a week or two away. We're definitely a preseason game away from figuring at least a little bit of this out. It's going to be a long road. This rotation is probably going to continue for some time. So I imagine if it's not decided by next Thursday, which I don't think it will be, would, are we envisioning probably a Corbett start in that game because he was the yeah. one that started out first uh, in training camp, and that's kind of just how you go through it. Yeah, and I think and I think Corbett's been solid. I think that he, I think Cush is probably among the three of the best backup center. I think we can all agree on that. He's done it before, has experience. You want a guy with experience being your backup center. The 2014 Brown season went off the rails for a lot of reasons. The center situation was definitely top three. Maybe not the most documented one, but there were some issues at center once Alex Mack got hurt in 2014. So you need a solid backup center who's done it before. I think Cush is that guy, and that's why I would imagine he has a role in this team no matter what happens in this right guard competition. You know, I just think that if we were, if you were going to have a wide open competition, which is what is going to happen, I don't think know why you would have decided it five days into practice anyways, especially now that all of them have had one practice with contact. So I'm not surprised, but I would imagine this is one you want wrapped up before that Tampa Bay dress rehearsal. Yeah, yeah I would definitely agree. I think the the more interesting element to me outside of these guys, you know, the, the, the rotational guys, is where Brian Witzman comes into play here because he's gotten most of his snaps at left guard. Third team, he got to play some right guard. Drew Forbes also played some right guard on the third team as well as left tackle. He's done much better at guard than he has at tackle. He continues to look more like a guard than a tackle, but he's getting reps at both positions. Um, but where does Witzman fit in? Because if you're thinking about narrowing down this roster, and it's very early to tell, but if you're thinking about narrowing down this roster, he comes into play as well as whoever loses and comes in third. Because I think of all those players, the two with the, the likeliest chance to make the roster are Eric Cush because of his veteran experience and ability to play center well, and Austin Corbett because he's running with ones right now. Something drastic would have to happen for me I think for him to not make the team but then you're gonna have to start trimming somewhere else so where do you trim and I think Witzman's role in this should be we should keep an eye on it and see if he finds some success with the third teamers playing right guard and the sparing snaps that he gets in case we see some come from behind effort or something like that I just think it's it's still pretty wide open it's very interesting and unfortunately those th the whole third team reps I mean you might only be in there for one play yeah. two plays you're going to get most of your work probably in a preseason game. Yeah, the guy I feel for the most in all of this really is Drew Forbes because this is a guy who played tackle in college who didn't have to do a lot of the traditional tackle things that you see in the NFL. He doesn't. He never vertical pass dropped in college. He's had to learn that. At most, he did a 45-degree drop, which is vastly different. And then he's also going from playing on the left side on the outside as a tackle to going to playing on the interior on the right side as a guard one play after another. 
in, in the middle of a camp practice, in his first training camp. It's a lot to handle, and I applaud the kid for – for staying tough and, and trying to do his best in that in that situation. By the way, remember how much Austin Corbett played last preseason? That was that yeah. was a that was a that was a that was a storyline last year. <laughs> yeah, he should be used to those preseason snaps. I mean, he played a ton. In the Didn't preseason. he play every snap? He uh, played what, a lot of them. Was it the fourth preseason game? Yeah, he played a lot in the fourth one. <laughs> he started. He went wire to wire, I think, in that game. Yeah, because they were still experimenting with that. Yep. Uh, the potential of him starting, and I, I, I was telling talking to someone about this the other day. I. In that whole situation where Joel Vittonio was the left tackle and Corbett was the left guard, I never watched the game thinking, man, Corbett's just a, a liability here. I didn't think that was the issue. It was more about taking Joel Vittonio outside of the position where he is elite. Yeah. I think that was yeah. the decision. It wasn't when you watched it, you weren't like, man, Corbett's out of his element. That's why I still, even in this competition, I just have a hard time making him not the favorite. I, I just think Corbett is someone that is eventually going to emerge here i will definitely say this he has done nothing to take himself out of being the favorite so far it's just that it's not clear that really anyone's the favorite or or in yeah. the in the lead maybe i think corbett's still a favorite but no one's in the lead right now that's a much better way to put it all right another player that we've seen him look pretty good we've also seen him make a few mistakes uh that's tight end david Najoku and freddie kitchens continues the tough love on david Najoku here I think David and Joku needs to get better at both of them. I mean, I don't, I don't see a finished product there. I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. I just don't. I mean, if David flexes out, he's expected to catch the ball. When he's in line, he's expected to block. He's a tight end. He needs to get both better at both of them. So, um, yeah, about that. That <laughs> uh, by far not a finished product. Okay, a lot of work still to go for the young tight end. Let's not forget he's. Pretty young and pretty green still. But uh, a guy that has made plays here in this first five days, but there are still those moments where you go, what were you doing? What happened there? What? Why did that happen? And he just has to clean some things up and continue to get better, and that's the overall theme with Freddie Kitchens. Well, yeah, Freddie Kitchens has made that clear. I don't know what day he said it where he wants you the same every day. He doesn't want the roller coaster. He wants the same, and – you know, let's be honest, it can be a bit of a roller coaster with David when it comes to amazing, spectacular plays that you can't believe he made, just showing off some of that amazing athleticism he has. And then there's the other moments you're like, oh, and it's like, that's unfortunate. You know, I mean, so you, he wants the you want the steady play, and that's what Freddie wants. He wants someone he can count on and knows when he puts you in that spot, you're going to execute. And I think that I think we've seen David really rise to the challenge in the red zone where he has been awesome this the first five days make that clear he has yes. been the go-to guy in the red zone he easily leads the camp in touchdowns right now for whatever that means but you know there's going to be other areas that you know get under a coach's skin if you're not continuing to, to do the right things on every single play freddie kitchens is a guy who likes to use multiple tight ends in part because those tight ends can both block and catch passes and 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 the the ability to disguise what you're doing out of those formations. Traditionally, a three tight end set is a run formation, but if you can run play action out of it and do it well, and you can get those tight ends to block when you do run, then the play action is more dangerous, and then you can get those guys open, you can get mismatches, and you can move the ball down the field. But if one of those tight ends doesn't block well, then that's kind of a weakness, and that's something that everybody in charge here has focused on for this entire offseason. He needs to be better at blocking. 
and he does still have those lulls. Uh, John Lilly, the tight ends coach, talked about that as well today. And there was one play in particular where everybody's been who was watching has been on David for it. It was a play in which Miles Garrett kind of shot inside him and blew up a, a play. A, a, it was like a handoff to to Nick Chubb, blew him up in the backfield, and Miles celebrated and everything else. But what they also don't realize, and John Lilly kind of pointed this out, was. David wasn't alone in that assignment. He was supposed to receive some help. Kyle Kalis was executing a long pull and just never got there. So I think that that's a little bit unfair to criticize that specific play. But also, I think that he does need to continue to work on his blocking. And once he gets that, here's the thing. is like He is an awesome pass catcher, and he's a great leaper, and he's a freak athlete. Once he gets that blocking under control, he could be a top-five tight end in this league. And I think he has to understand that, and it's a work in progress. The question is, is just how long does that go before he either accepts that he needs to be a good blocker or, you know, you start to figure out what else you're going to do. Final soundbite of the day, linebacker coach Al Holcomb. We're starting to get some of the position coaches talking here. Uh, Holcomb on Jannard Avery, and Avery, of course, laid up right now with this, with this ankle injury or whatever injury it might be, talking defensive line and linebacker possibly for the young second-year player. Jannard is a versatile player. Uh, for the most part, he's been working with the defensive line because – when he came out of college, his forte for the most part was as an edge defender. Uh, so we have different roles for Jannard in our defense. Uh, some things that you might not see at this point in time, but Jannard is still a part of the linebacker slash defensive line rotation. Avery being down really kind of hampering the efforts by this coaching staff to make him a two-position type player. Uh, is it we talk so much about the secondary and guys being able to move up and play defensive back or safety or even move into a linebacker type role in this Steve Wilkes defense. But Jannard Avery sounds like they've got some other things that they like him to be doing and him sitting on the sideline right now, unfortunately not helping that cause. Yeah. I mean, I think with what we've saw, seen defensively, I don't know if I'm leaping to any conclusions here, but it just, I would envision him more in, in that pass rushing kind of mold. From how we've seen the the linebackers uh, use so far, a lot of four two five uh, defensive looks, whether it be with uh, a, a slot corner or three three safeties. So it, I do think they want to take advantage of what he is really really good at, and that's getting to the passer. And I think there were some times last year where he came in so shot out of a cannon that you thought for a second, you're like, was that Miles? Like, no, 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 that was Jannard Avery. Like, because you saw the five on the one side of the jersey, yep. you thought it was Miles, but no, that's Jannard Avery. Because when he times it correctly he looks like any of any of some of the best pass rushers out there and I think that's where he can be used best and we'll see how he mixes in once he gets healthy some of the most enjoyable uh snaps in this camp so far especially in the first day of pads was just getting to watch Jannard off the snap and watching him like battle against whichever right tackle was matched up against him because he's so quick and once you get down to field level and really see it up close it really blows you away with how quick and how effective he is with his speed rush moves and, you know, we're not talking Von Miller here, but in a sub package and as a, as a rush end who can also play linebacker, if you want to, you know, mix some coverages up, let's say, you know, you want to run some type of zone blitz or something where you're going to send an extra man off, off the opposite side and then you won't actually roll him back. But he's showing as if he's going to rush. Well, he's got the capability to do that because he's athletic enough. So I think that's where he becomes even more valuable because you know over time you're going to realize, yeah, he can get to the passer. We have to worry about him. But what if we're worried about him and something comes from the other side that we're not paying attention to because we're more worried about 55 than we are about this corner blitz or whatever might happen? 
that's when he really, really becomes even more valuable to you. And I think that's something that you work on at this time of year. So him not being on the field right now is a little bit of a bummer. But as long as it's not serious, it's only something that you're going to worry about for a couple of days. And I do think he still brings a lot of value to this team. All right, that's today's Sound Bites section. Final thoughts from you guys. We have uh, a player day off tomorrow. Not a day off for us. It's our chance to get caught up on the Speak five for yourself, Gibbs. I'm not coming in. <laughs> oh. Gribble gets a little power. Now all of a sudden, Gribble's taking the day off. <laughs> I'll be working. I'm just not uh, coming to Berea. I don't just, need. I don't need to enter this zip code tomorrow for my own, for for a mental health day. Well, I'll be. For, I, I mean, we, good we, for you, Gribble. We've, we've uh, got the internet. We've got computers. It is the. Are the, you staying home too? Yeah, I will be working remotely as well. Huh. huh. But I'll hey. be locked in. I got a show tomorrow. That's not going to happen. All right. So, anyways, uh, you're you both going to be working on uh, Tuesday. Despite the fact that the players are off, uh, coaching staff will be here. I'm, I would assume that John Dorsey might be bringing in some guys for some looks. Uh, that's yeah. usually what happens on those days off. But final thoughts on the first five days. Do you have a game ball? If you could give a game ball to one player through five days, who would you give it to? I'd give it to Nick Chubb. Um, he's Whoa. he's had an un- unusual uh, responsibility of kind of carrying the load for the running backs because – Two of his very talented teammates have not been there for the majority of it due to injury. That is, you know, Kareem Hunt and Duke Johnson. Um, they welcomed in a, a random, you know, not a random, but a, a late addition in Austin Ouellette. I mean, sorry, AJ Ouellette, um, who has taken considerable amount of snaps just because they need the bodies. And and meanwhile, you know, Nick has you know led the way, shoulder the load, and you're never going to hear him complain about it. You know, he said the other day he just has to mentally adjust as he goes out there and knows he's going to get more reps, and he's played well. You know, it's. He sometimes hasn't been lanes for him to run through, um, but, you know, he's executed. I mean, he scored on a screen pass today. He's scored on a few touchdown runs or, or runs that might have turned into touchdowns. And every day, he Freddie talks about guys, you know, who are the same every day. That is Nick Chubb to a T. And I think he's probably been one of the best, if not the best player on the team, at least offensively, through five days of camp. Miles Garrett. He's been awesome. Yeah, like there, it's just the the first step when he it's when he decides he wants to get to the quarterback on that play, he's he's usually doing it. And I like that he's uh, they're diversifying his spots on the on the defensive line. He's doing it from both sides, and it's it stinks because it's training camp, and when he does it, then the focus goes on. Well, what's wrong with the Browns tackles? Yeah. It I I have a hard time getting there because I think I, I watch Miles Garrett and I don't see many players like him on this field or many other fields. I, I just think he he has it in his mind that he that he's disappointed by 13 and a half sacks from last year, uh, and I think he wants he he knows he's in a situation where uh, the supporting cast is not going to be much better than it is this year for him. He needs to he he wants to bring it. And I think 20 is a is, sacks is a goal for him. He he wasn't happy about his top 100 rating either of 49th. So he said, "I'll never be lower than that." So he, higher, lower, yeah, semantics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would think, based on what we've seen through five days, that's probably going to be the case. He's not going to be lower. Just, just stay healthy, lock in for sixteen games. I think he's he's in a real good spot, both from a defensive tackle and and the guy on the other side, Olivier Vernon. We're seeing that already. Uh, and I just I, the one thing I do hope for Greg Robinson's sake: know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You I don't was ha- going to say, it you, will there, get a little you, bit easier. You can, you can get to this yeah. Redskins preseason game, and Miles Garrett will not be there. Yeah. I'll give Greg, Greg some credit, too. He had a couple nice blocks on Miles today, um, ones where people thought he was holding because he just had a good grip on him. It wasn't a hold. He just he had good positioning, 
kept his feet moving and everything else. Um, and I also give Freddie some credit for answering that question correctly today and saying that I expect Miles to be there. It's not Greg's a good football player. Miles is a good football player. They've had good competition. I expect Miles to be in the in the defensive or in the in the offensive backfield near the quarterback because that's the type of player he is. So I agree. I think I think they're perfectly fine at left tackle. All right. Well, you two enjoy your mental health day tomorrow. We'll be back with you on Wednesday, day six. And one would assume we'll be in pads and continue to be in pads as we work our way to Saturday's orange and brown scrimmage down at the stadium starting at 4 o'clock. Gentlemen, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. This is the best podcast available. Download it today where you get your podcasts or log on to clevelandbrowns.com.